0: Hello, my lovers. That's what I'm calling you guys. If you listen to me at 100 Acts of Love, you are lovers. (laughs) Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the three basic rules you need to follow in order to be a good support to your friend or coworker with cancer. There are only three. I'm really serious. Only three. All right. Stay tuned. Welcome to 100 Acts of Love, How to Help When Cancer Strikes. Great tips and unique ideas on what you can do to support your friend with cancer. Hey everybody, I'm so glad that you joined me here today. So today we're going to talk about the three basic rules for supporting somebody with cancer. There are only three. Not 10, not 7, not 25, but three. Three. And that means that they should be fairly easy for anybody to remember. And if not, write them down. You know, I always tell my kids, if you don't see me writing it down, it's probably not going to happen. So these are three great rules for you to write down. Now, before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the cancer fairy tale. And I'm going to go into this in another, um, in another podcast. I did one about myths, but I haven't talked about cancer fairy tales. And the cancer fairy tales involves basically another three things. Basically, it's the idea that you need to be strong and have great strength to get through cancer, that, um, that you're going to go bald and be nauseous, and that you get to rest and relax. And but all those are great Big fairy tales. They're what we see in the movies and so we obviously sort of believe them that they happen in real life and they're not. So let's start with number one that you just need strength and courage and need to just run be strong to get through cancer. Well, the idea that you're gonna jump out of bed every day being strong, it's just bull. It's 100% bull. Strength doesn't come with being consistently strong, it never has, even when you lift weights. Let's say you're a bodybuilder and you're lifting weights, you always need to give your body time to rest, right? Bodybuilders aren't running around with 20-pound with, you know, dumbbells doing bicep curls every single moment of every single day. No, they do their bicep curls when they need to do them, and then they rest. And the same thing goes with cancer and strength. Strength comes from getting out of bed, that's strength. Strength comes from saying to yourself, I'm getting up and I'm going to do this again today. Strength comes from so not wanting to do another chemo treatment, dreading the side effects and doing it anyway. So this notion that, that, a, that a person with cancer is like, you know, jumps out of bed, and is like, I'm going to be strong today is so not accurate at all. So that's the first myth, the first fairy tale. The second fairy tale, let's talk about the idea of rest and relaxation. I remember when my husband was diagnosed with cancer, I actually was a little bit jealous because he would get to sit around and do nothing. (laughs) Now, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but, you know, now looking back, you know, I know 100% sure there was no getting around, sitting around doing nothing. He had stage four cancer. The cancer was very close to killing him. When we caught it, it was about two to three weeks out from actually shutting down his lungs and killing him and suffocating him. So there wasn't any like, he wasn't like, woohoo, I get to do nothing all day. He's like, oh my God, I like, I need to really mentally and... And physically fight this thing, and not uh, not only that, there was so much fatigue, and fatigue, the tiredness. Look, if you're a cancer muggle and you haven't experienced cancer, a cancer muggle is someone who is new to the cancer world, doesn't understand anything really about cancer, what cancer is, and the side effects of cancer, and how it affects you mentally. Then you're a cancer muggle, and that's okay, because this podcast is really for cancer muggles, so that it makes you a little bit less muggleish. Um, so, you know, if you're a cancer muggle, the idea that you get to rest feels so good, but the fatigue that I watched my husband go through deep, deep, deep bone, like I can't even describe the, the level of fatigue he felt. He was so tired. He couldn't read. He was so tired. He couldn't concentrate. He couldn't, sometimes he couldn't, finish a whole sentence because he was so tired. He was so tired. There was no sitting around and watching movies all day. No, he would like try to watch a movie and fall asleep and wake up and rewind it. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes after an hour, he would only be through 15 minutes of a movie because he would fall asleep, wake up, rewind it to go back to where he thought he was, fall asleep again. It was just a nightmare. So there's no rest or relaxation. Somebody with cancer who has it, who has it bad enough that they need to be off from work, work um, is going to be fatigued. And even those who go to work, they're fatigued. So, that whole notion of rest and relaxation is baloney. And then lastly, let's talk about being bald and nausea. Look, I know it's an image out there. Every single time Hollywood puts someone with cancer on the screen, they are bald and they have bags under their eyes and they're always throwing up. Like that's like the prerequisite to showing that someone in cancer, someone in a movie has cancer. And it's just baloney. The type of cancer you have depend um, the type of chemo you get depends on the type of cancer you have. And not all chemo makes you lose your hair. And not all chemo makes you nauseous. Now I will say this from my understanding, which is completely like, it's like, it's like I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV understanding. Um, So my understanding is that there is certain chemo That basically kills the most active living cells. And those active living cells happen to be, you know, the cells that grow the most happen to be the cells that grow your hair and the cells that affect your taste buds and the cells that also affect the lining of your stomach. Those cells are constantly regenerating. So if you have the type of chemo that ends up killing those kind of cells, right, stopping those type of growth of those type of cells, well then, yeah, you're probably going to go bald and you're going to be nauseous. But if you don't have that type of chemo, then you're not going to grow bald and you're probably not going to be nauseous. Or I don't know if that's true, but I do know that there are plenty of people who have cancer who have hair on their head and who don't run around having to vomit every five seconds. So those are the three myths that I just wanted to, like demystify because they do more, a lot of harm when you are trying to support your friend with cancer. If you believe these things in your head, then you're coming at their cancer with, with, with ideas that aren't going to be helpful. You're not going to be able to generate creative ideas because you have these preconceived notions of what it's like to have cancer. Okay. So now that we have dispelled those, that cancer fairy tales or those three pieces of the cancer fairy tale. Now let's talk about the three basic rules for supporting your friend with cancer. I don't think some of you are going to like these rules. Actually, I can tell you you're not going to like the first one. And here's the first one. It's not about you. It is 100% not about you. Now, I know in your head, you're like, Kim, I'm insulted that you even told me that. Of course, I know it's not about me. It's my friend's cancer, or my coworker's cancer. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you say something to your friend with cancer, what you say shows whether or not you think it's about you. Cancer brings up so much emotions in us, and that's the thing we don't discuss. It brings up a lot of emotions for the person with cancer, and it brings up a lot of emotions for those of us who are trying to support the person with cancer, right? Let's just talk about some basic ones. A basic emotion, holy shit, massive amounts of fear, right? Fear that this person that you care about might die. Our own morbidity, we love to think that we've got tomorrow, But the reality is none of us are getting out of this life alive. We are all going to die. But when we are faced with someone with cancer, that our own death reality comes in our face. Hello, a little bit uncomfortable, right? And then the other big emotion is, huh, not going to happen to me. I need to find out everything that you, I need to find out all about your lifestyle so that I can make sure that my lifestyle will not match your lifestyle so I can like somehow falsely, tell myself that I won't get cancer. Right? So those are kind of the emotions that come up when people tell us they have cancer. And then of course, great sadness. There's great depth of sadness. Like you, like there's, there's just this feeling of like, oh my God, this isn't happening. And how can this happen to them? And so there's, so there are all those emotions that occur and they get in the way of what we say. So if you think that it's not about you, then, then great, but it'll come out in the way that you say it. For instance, your friend might tell you that they have cancer and your first reaction may be, are you sure? Or are you going to die? Or your reaction may be, well, at least it's not, blah, blah, blah. Or your reaction may be, you're so brave. Or your reaction may be, have you tried? Or your reaction is, if you need anything, let me know. And every single one of those statements means that you are making it about you. You are 100% making it about you. Because every one of those statements is said to distance yourself from the person who is hurting. If you need anything, let me know. You are putting the pressure on the person who needs the support to figure out what it is that they need and have the courage to call you. If you want more information on that, please listen to the very first podcast. It explains why that is the least helpful phrase that you can utter. If you say, are you sure? You are questioning their ability to (laughs) tell you the truth because you can't handle the truth. What's that from? That movie... You know, you can't, Jack Nicholson says to Tom Cruise, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Well, when you're saying, are you sure? Are you going to die? You can't, you are telling your friend with cancer, you can't handle the truth. You can't manage what they're going to say because it's just, because you're making it all about you by asking those questions. When you say, at least it's the good kind of cancer, or at least it's stage one and not stage four, or or you're saying you're so brave, you are making it all about you because you are pushing yourself away mentally and emotionally from what is happening to your friend. When you say at least, you're making it like, well, it's not so bad. What you have to deal with is not so bad. And while that may be true in some instances, it's not your place to point it out. It is for the person with cancer to get to that place where they can understand and feel grateful for the things that they have. And when you say you're so brave, that is literally like putting your hand up out in front of the person saying, stop talking. Stop talking. Like, I just want to tell you that you're brave and I feel like I've got that and I don't want to deal with any of the emotional output. You're making it about you. So what you say really determines truthfully, and what you want to say really determines truthfully about whether or not you're making it about you. And you guys, you know, look, I know it's hard to not make it about you, but that's what we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about, these are the three things that you can remember to not make it about you. So here's the, that was rule number one. Rule number two, remind yourself that your job is not to fix the situation. You can't fix Jack with their cancer. And this is really hard because we want to fix it. We want to fix stuff. We are Americans. We're good at fixing things. We we fixed it. We just, you know, we fix things. We cannot stand sitting in our own powerlessness. And when your friend has cancer, you will probably feel the drive to fix it to find a better doctor for her to send her an article on this great cancer cure that will have nothing to do with the type of cancer that she has so please don't do that but you will want to fix it you want to make it you want to you want to make it better but here's the thing you can't fix it but you can make it better but not by fixing it you can make it better by showing up as you That's how you make it better. You just remind them of how important they are. You remind them that you're thinking of them. That's how you make it or the cancer or really the person with cancer, your friend or your coworker with cancer, better. Once you know that you can't fix it, once you really understand that you can't fix it, your focus will be on the little things that will make their lives better. And that's something that you can do, that you do have power over. So accepting someone's diagnosis is really about accepting your own powerlessness. All right, number three remember that you matter. And I say this all the time, I end every podcast with this, but I just, people don't know how important they are because they're always looking for some sign in a specific way, right? So I, if I feel beautiful on a certain day, I want to find some good looking man to tell me that I'm beautiful. And if that doesn't happen, then I don't feel beautiful. And I know that sounds really crazy, but we are always looking for ways from outside for people to tell us that we're worthy, that we matter. And look, your friend, your coworker gave you the news about their cancer because you matter to them. They are never going to spell it out. You know, I kind of wish we could all have funerals before we die. Because if we could have a funeral before we die, we could hear about all the different ways and all the different things that we did that touch people's lives. But you're just gonna, and but until you have that funeral for yourself before you die, you're just gonna have to trust that you're a good person at the core and that you do nice things for people and that people like you, and that you don't have to go over and beyond to get to to, to that level where people like you. So the point is here, is that you matter, you matter to your friend with cancer. Just because you can't figure out what to say right now, just because you can't fix it, doesn't mean that you don't matter. In fact, once you get through those two steps and you understand that, you will understand that you do have worth. And here's the secret. Are you ready? Here's the secret to your worth for your friend or coworker with cancer you are a human being, not a human doing. That's the only thing you need to remember when you're dealing with your friend with cancer. If you and your friend with cancer tell lots of stupid ass jokes, then continue to tell those stupid ass jokes. If you and your coworker are like the gossip girls, which I totally don't approve of at at work because I'm in HR and gossiping is such a pain in the butt because it just starts so many issues where there don't need to be one, but that's in the side point. If you two are the gossip people, then continue gossiping with her or him at work. If you are like the walk around the block friends, then continue walking around the block. Always invite them. Continue to do what you do with them on a regular basis, maybe a little bit more frequently because they have cancer and they need a little extra attention. But don't focus on being a human doing, focus on being a human being. It really is that simple. Well, sort of. Okay, it's probably not really that simple because if it was, everyone would be doing it. But I cannot stress enough you have value. You have value to the mailman, mail person that you say hi to every time you pass them. You have value when you are polite and nice to the target store clerk. You know, you have value when you tell your kids you love them. You have so much value in this world. So stop looking for proof of it and just trust it in your heart and show up for your friend with cancer. They need you right now, not to be anything else, but exactly who you are. There, I'm done with this podcast. I'm feeling pretty good about this one. I really am because the message is really clear. You matter. All right, so a quick recap. The three things you need to do, the three rules you need to follow to be an excellent support to your friend with cancer is remember rule number one, it's not about you. Rule number two, remind yourself that your job is not to fix the situation, but you can make it better. And rule number three is to remember that you matter. All right, well, don't forget to check out 100actsoflove.com if you want more tips. I'm going to have a new lead magnet up next week. Super excited. This lead magnet is going to offer you five phrases never to say again why they're not helpful, and what five phrases to use as well. And also, super excited, I am launching a consulting business to help HR professionals. And lastly, I am going to separate out 100 Acts of Love and my HR consulting business. So the HR consulting business will have a website up at, in February. Super excited to move forward And with that. Um, yeah, so that's it. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I so appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And please, please, please remember... You matter. You matter so very much. Have a great day.